welcome to Novel Finds, the podcast where we talk about your favorite books, our favorite books, and everything in between. Hey, I'm Maggie. And I'm Julia. And we're here for our spooky time episode. It's the yeah. end of October. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Julia, what are you dressing up as for Halloween? I am going to be Mary Sanderson from Hocus Pocus uh, with the mom and her daughter that I live with. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be really fun. What are you going to be? Are you dressing up? Yes. Uh, Me and my boyfriend and my dog are going as characters from Jurassic Park. Oh, my God. Um, I'm going as Laura Dern and Alex is going as Sam O'Neill. And my dog is going as a velociraptor. That so. is adorable. If I were there, I would go as Jeff Goldblum. And we will miss you because yes. that would be amazing. It would. Wouldn't it? It would be so fun. I would love that. Uh, next year. You'll have next to year. pull out different costumes. But That's fine. I'll be there. Recycle. Yeah. yeah. I love not having to think about it. So I'm happy right? to be the same right? thing twice in a row. <laughs> <laughs> I've been a pirate like three times in my life. I respect so. it. Alex and I have a Halloween party on the 30th. But then oh. I'm like, should we also dress up on the 31st and Are go out? Are you passing out candy? Do you have kids in your neighborhood? Not really. And we live on a second floor flat. Oh, yeah. So kids aren't going to be going into apartments to do that but i mean if you are going out i think you should dress up i'm thinking because i know i bought this pink oversized pea coat and i'm like should i go as midge mazel (laughs) from the very first episode of the loveless mrs oh my god that would be adorable yes i'm thinking about it i'm thinking about it (laughs) it would be very easy (laughs) yeah wear pajamas and I can hold an empty bottle of wine. Well, that and all you have to do is like curl your hair a little bit and then you look like Midge. That is truly so sweet of you to say. Thank you. You're welcome. Yes. Our (laughs) Halloween party is actually on Halloween. Oh, Um, nice. Yeah. Just because it started around when COVID first happened. Like we didn't want kids to be going to like a bunch of strangers houses and so we hid candy around the yard and gave kids like a treasure map and they went and found all of the different baskets and stuff so that's fun that's really really fun yeah this year it is carnival themed so that's exciting that is really exciting yeah nice i hope you guys have a really good time i think we will i'm sure I'm yeah, sure. it's going to be banging because all of the theater kids are also invited. So it's yeah. going to be like 35 extra people there. That is going to be truly just a party, a party mm-hmm. and a half. Yeah. Yep. Happy Monday. Let's all get a little swasty pants and eat candy. Yes. It's exactly yeah. what I want to do as I start my week. I think you should. Yeah. Thank you. Just I in will. general. Like, let's just start doing that. <laughs> Just in your life. Just do that. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. All right. I'd say enough about Halloween spooky things, but we're about to spend a lot of time talking about spooky things. So, uh, Maggie, what are we talking about today? We are talking about V.E. Schwab's debut novel, The Near Witch. Yay! Yay! I love her. I know. I know. So much. <laughs> I'm really excited to uh, hear your thoughts on this book. But before I do, should I 
hit us up with a little summary. Yes, 100%. Amazing. Here we go. <clears throat> I'm going to be totally honest with you. This is stolen from Goodreads because, because it just, I mean, there's I already summaries it. written out there. So, yeah, I could, I knew I couldn't do better than what Goodreads has done. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> okay. The Near Witch is an old story to frighten children. If the wind calls at night, you must not listen. The wind is lonely and always looking for company. And there are no strangers in the town of Near. These are the truths that Lexi has heard all her life. But when an actual stranger, a boy who seems to fade like smoke, appears outside her home on the moor one night, she knows at least one of these sayings is no longer true. The next night, the children of Near start disappearing from their beds, and the mysterious boy falls under suspicion. Still, he insists on helping Lexi search for them. Something tells her she can trust him. As the hunt for the children intensifies, so does Lexi's need to know about the witch that just might be more than a bedtime story, about the wind that seems to speak through the walls at night, and about the history of this boy. Part fairy tale, part love story, Victoria Schwab's debut novel is entirely original, yet achingly familiar. A song you heard long ago, a whisper carried by the wind, and a dream you won't soon forget. Mm, so good. I know. That, that was a very eloquent summary by that it, good read. Yeah, person. it definitely is. So <laughs> nice job, pick. Guys. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> uh, you want some fun facts? Always. Awesome. I feel like I, I, we've t brought up V.E. Schwab, like her books so much that I was like, all right, I have to actually try and remember what fun facts I've already given about her. And, yeah. and also like just add on to the amount of knowledge that I know about lovely V. So her newsletter came out recently which if you're not subscribed to her newsletter, you should be because it's so good. She talks about like what she's doing in her life. How, how is it going with like books and TV pitches and like how she's filling her creative well. And she's just really funny as well. So anyway, in this last newsletter, she did a day in the life of V.E. Schwab. And it was literally like hour by hour what she did in a regular day in the life. And it was hilarious. Um, part of it was her life is ruled by whom she affectionately calls her hell muppet, which is her dog that was living at her parents' house, but is now living in her apartment with her and her two cats. Um, and the hell muppet has so much anxiety that like... It basically rules all of, of Victoria's interactions with it. With it. And oh it's God. so funny. It's so funny. So she also has her Hell Muppet on Instagram as well. So that is fun fact one. She has a Hell Muppet that she is ruled by in her Amazing. life. Um, also in this new like day in the life, she mentioned twice that she was looking for an assistant slash house witch. And I would like to volunteer as as tribute for that. Um, so, Victoria, if you're listening. <laughs> you need to move here, Julia. I know. Okay. So, when I come to Edinburgh and we 
go to Portobello to possibly see if Victoria is drinking coffee there. Not not in a stalkery way, obviously. Absolutely not. not. <laughs> Cringes inside. <laughs> um, I will also be like, hey, V, I do this for a family I live with right now. You should consider that I have experience as a house manager. I'm not a house witch, but I am a house goblin. Yes. Is that preferable or not? Or what? (laughs) Happy to help. Yes. Um, And I think the first thing that I would need to do is befriend her Hell Muppet because that I think is the biggest thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Like if you can't be loved by the dog, then you can't be loved at all. So. Woof. I know. Cats are different. They don't really care about anything, which makes it easier. Yeah. Anyway, third fun fact. Um, She got a gorgeous arm sleeve tattoo. Yes. Recently. And I'm obsessed. So those are my fun facts. Those are my fun fun facts. facts. (laughs) Um, Fun fact about the book that I'll share. Yes. (laughs) Um, It's her debut novel. came Mm -hmm. out in 2011. Mm -hmm. And it was... In the past two or three years, recently re-released. Yeah, it um, now has that red cover on it. Yeah, because they had stopped publishing it, and it came back out a few years mm. ago. You know, I think that. So I was thinking back to the fun facts that I did, and I do remember talking about the near witch at some point, and I feel like that yeah. is that fun fact, whatever it was, was really completely muddled. Because it was re-released, and so I was confused about the release of of that. That is fair. Yeah. That yes, that does make sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I'm thinking um, back to that, because it was a weird, like, is her debut novel, but it was released way later. And uh, I was like, no, that, <laughs> d- that's not how that works. Uh, <laughs> wait, wait. <laughs> how does publishing um, work? <laughs> No, but the re-release goes along with the color scheme of all of her other books. But I kind of like the colors that it had before, like the yellows and the purples and and everything. Yeah, I do like the yellows and the purples. There are a few different covers for like the Mm -hmm. older version. And one of them is like that really, really cheesy cover that a lot of young adult paranormal fantasy gets where it's like the main girl becoming like witchy and spooky (laughs) you know and there it's like it's like the fading behind her Mm, nice easy wait so what cover what kind do you have i have the new one i have the red and black one i do too i just bought it last autumn it's a it's a fairly new one for me so i have a question for you it's kind of a silly question but who are we kidding i am always silly all the time um uh if you were to create an outfit like for you to wear based on the book what would it look like okay let me tell you it would be like dark green it would be like hints of autumnal leaves but like not Mm -hmm. leaf print okay and i would like it to be a jumpsuit with long sleeves but one of those jumpsuits where like you pick it off off the rack and you're like this is cute and then you try it on and you realize it's not a dress it's a jumpsuit Mm, love that and then i would wear a dark purple cloak i like that that's fun thank you you so much what would you wear (laughs) 
Um, I think I would try to go a bit renaissance with it. Mm-hmm. I think I would go for like a cream colored peasant dress with um like a chunky belt that yeah. has leaves in autumnal on the belt, I think. I think that would be cute. And then curly hair and like green and gold accessories. Love it. Yeah. Love it. We would yeah. be so cute. We would be so cute. <laughs> Someone invite us to a book-related party. Because we're ready. Are we going to have to throw a book-related party? That actually might have to be the case. Actually, that would be really fun. We should throw a book-related party. We should. (laughs) Well, Julia, how did you come across the book, The Near Witch? Um, So I came across it relatively soon after coming across... um, Darker Shades of Magic, I think. Mm. They were probably nearby each other. So whenever that happened, maybe like a year and a half ago-ish. So I remember I didn't actually like start reading V.E. Schwab's books until I moved to California, which is odd to me. But that's also like relatively when Addie LaRue was released. And so Mm. that was really popular. And booksellers were like, hey, if you like this, here's her other books. Um, and I was just too dumb to realize that, you know, Addie LaRue was written by the same person <laughs> at first. But yeah, I'm pretty sure I picked it up when I picked up A Darker Shade of Magic. Nice. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. What about you? I, I feel like the first time this book came into my life was when we talked about her other book. Yeah, I think so. Um, And we were talking about how she used to go by Victoria Schwab, Mm -hmm. and now she goes by V.E. and Mm -hmm. the books that were released under that name. But then I kind of forgot about it, and I purchased it when I went to an event um, of hers. Mm -hmm. She was speaking. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. At the bookshop that I now work for, I bought the book then. (laughs) So, no, she, she was only signing one book or two books, oh. she would dedicate one and sign another um, just because otherwise, otherwise, I mean, it gets really long. She's written a really lot of books. She's written a ton of books. So I had my copy of Gallant with me because mm-hmm. was, she was speaking on that. And then I think I had her sign Addie LaRue, I'm sure is what I ended up picking. Probably. For her to sign. Oh, mm-hmm. I would, I think I'd want her to sign Darker Shades. Yes. And, but I had not read it at this. that point. Darker Shades and Vicious would be my two picks, I think. Yeah. I had read them after that event. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, also, I have signed copies of Addie LaRue and Gallant. So (laughs) I I don't need. I don't need another. Like she's just going to sign underneath her already there signature. (laughs) Double signed. Double signed. Incredible. (laughs) Oh, my God. That would be hilarious. Just showing up to all of her events and having her sign the same dang book. Over and over again. Just get like seven signatures. It would be really memorable, I feel like. That would be really funny. It would be. Uh, Okay. Anyway, moving on. Um, This episode's just going to be full of tangents, I feel like. Because we both love V.E. Schwab so much. And this is just dedicated to her. Absolutely. what genre is the near witch and how long is it slash what audience would you say it's for um i would definitely say it's for young adult (laughs) potentially a smidge younger like Mm -hmm. 
you know, I would say like 12 to 16 would be yeah. the optimum age for this one. It definitely feels like a paranormal fairy tale. Like it does. It does. I don't know if that is a genre, but that is the genre I would like to give it. Okay. Because it has this like really classically familiar sense about it. Like it mm-hmm. feels like a refreshed fairy tale. The characters really embody a lot of the archetypes found in fairy tales, but it's just a little bit modern in how it's more of a thriller in ways that like classic fairy tales are not. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, modern is like in quotation marks because it takes place in a not modern village. Like she lives in a village. No one lives in villages anymore. Um, I mean, they do, but it's much less common than it was in this book. It's like no technology village. Yeah. Yes. The burn the witch village. Yeah. They still bake bread and bring it to the, the neighbors sort of village, which I mean, I would totally do, to be honest. Actually, that sounds great. I mean, there is nothing wrong with baking bread for your neighbors or chopping wood for your fireplace. No, but they like don't have way technology. They wash their clothes in the river, like that kind of village. Which is a no for me. That is a no for me. <laughs> That's the hard pass. Yeah, that- Definitely not. (laughs) Uh, All right. So what makes this a favorite spooky read? Um, I think it's hard to say. I think what what my favorite thing about this is that it is so easy to dip into this book. I found that I really enjoyed it. And I read it after I had read a few of V. Schwab's things. I had read Addie LaRue and Vicious and gallant by the time I got to the near witch. And it is definitely different from her other books, but like you can tell that she's the one who wrote it. Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, I, I want to say it does feel like a debut novel. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. But I, I really like that it fears, feels like a fairy tale because mm-hmm. I don't feel like other than like the classic stories, there aren't a lot of fantasy thriller books that I read that make me feel like this it's like the same feeling i don't i'm not even fully sure how to describe it but there is something about the way the story is written that feels very wistfully magical mm-hmm. i agree she she definitely has a, an autumn vibe going through this book yeah and it's not like overly scary it is just the right amount of paranormal scare and it's it's lovely it is. It's really lovely. It's it's like a gentle spookiness. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like it's more autumnal chilly vibes than scary, but I think it is Yeah. Of course, I mean, kind of like children me. disappearing. So Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's the scary part. <laughs> is like there's there's children talking in the night, but only other children can hear them. <laughs> cool. Mhm. Mm-hmm. What about for you? Do you feel like this is a favorite autumnal spooky read? I think that, yeah, this is definitely one that if I was wanting to be in like a spooky autumnal spirit, um, I would pick up this book. I would pick up A Discovery of Witches maybe as well. Um, That one also takes place in the autumn. I also just love V.E. Schwab, so I'll read any of her books anytime. So. Like, how many times can I say I love V.E. Schwab in this episode? 
let's count. Ooh, we can start counting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when I edit the episode, I will count and see how many times you've said it. Love that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll make this a Halloween drinking game. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Bring out your pumpkin ales. Here we go. Oh my gosh. Um, Those spiked apple ciders. Okay. Well, that is delicious. So. Yeah. I'm actually, I want that now. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Sorry. Um, that's okay. <laughs> Julia, do you have a favorite line or section from this book? I do. So I have two. Um, the first one, they're both toward the end. I didn't actually highlight in this book, um, but I did completely destroy the spine. Um, so <laughs> you're welcome. The first one I want to share with you is the beginning of chapter 30. And it's, my father used to say that change is like a garden. It doesn't come up overnight unless you're a witch. Things have to be planted and tended. And most of all, the ground has to be right. And I just, I like that because change is so slow. And then suddenly you look up and you're just like, oh, there's new growth on my plant. Good job. Um, Which I do that constantly. I look at my plants and I'm just like, you have a third leaf. <laughs> but I also feel like that is such a big theme in this book is mm-hmm. how slow change and growth is because Lexi, who is the protagonist of the book, is very quote unquote tomboy. She doesn't mm-hmm. want to follow like the female stereotypes. She's not ready for marriage. She doesn't want to have to be stuck doing those sorts of things. Yeah. She, she likes being out in nature. She likes taking care likes being, of the house. Like getting muddy. And yeah. it's like her dad treated her like his child, not like his female child. Yeah. You know? And I think what she realizes throughout the book is like, yes, I could go anywhere else in the world and maybe be treated differently. Maybe like in another village, women are given more rights, but she actively wanted to make things better for her village. And mm-hmm. she knew that it might take a while, but she wanted to be a part of the change that like took away the stereotypes of mm-hmm. witches and females yeah. in general. She definitely stood up for the adversity that yeah. like no one else was pushing against. They're just like, well, this is just how it is. And mm-hmm. She's like, no, it doesn't have to be like this. It doesn't have to be. And she's like, it doesn't matter how long it takes. Like, let's do the work to make things better. Mm hmm. And the second one I want to share is actually just the tattoo that I want to get. Um, Yeah, I love the imagery. It's very cool. Um, So hopefully that happens sometime in the near future. But uh, and then a skull. He passes it to me and I gasp as I take it. The half crushed face blossoming with moss and weedy flowers. It's like a horrible flower pot. Roots escaping out the eye. Ooh. I know. So I'm going to get that somewhere on my body forever. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually why, like, specifically why I reread this book for the episode. Mm. Because I remembered it. I remembered most of it, but I couldn't remember where that quote was. And so yeah. I was like, well, I'm just going to have to read the whole book. And now I'm you found gonna... it. Yeah. Did you bookmark it for next time? Yeah, it's dog-eared. Thanks. Defacing all of my books, one book at a time. You know what? I don't think there's anything wrong with wearing in your book. I agree. What about you? What uh, line or section do you want to share? 
Um, I have two different sections that I have saved. And one of them is really about like the wind plays such a big role in this Mm, book mm -hmm. because it's like the wind has a personality and has a voice and like is the thing that sort of carries magic almost. Mm -hmm. Um, And so this, this quote is just a little bit about that, about um, Lexi speaking on her father and the wisdom he gave her about being out in the trees and with the wind. The trees all whisper, leaves gossiping. The stones are heavy thinkers, the sullen silent types. He used to make up stories for everything in nature, giving it all voices, lives. If the wind ever sings, you mustn't listen, not with all of your ears. Only use the edges. Listen the way you'd look out the corners of your eyes. The wind is lonely and always looking for company. So that was so haunting. And I I love, I love the way Victoria Schwab, (laughs) Victoria. Mm. Like I'm on a personal friend level with her. Oh Sometimes my god! When, I wish when I read her books and I get frustrated at the characters, I literally shout, "Victoria Elizabeth!" Ah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're not friends. I don't know her. Sorry. You could be friends though. Oh my gosh, truly. <laughs> so this second section is once again, it's really just emphasizing like the rhythm and the way that V. E. Schwab writes. But it's also a little bit because a lot of this book is about the romance between Lexi and Cole, who's Mm -hmm. the mysterious boy who joins the village and sort of their, not instant love, but it's a very fairy tale love where they sort of Mm -hmm. just understand that they're the person for each other. Um, And so this is a little bit about that. I can see him juggling the words inside his head, fumbling. I tried to juggle once with three apples I'd found in the pantry. But I just ended up bruising them all so badly, my mother had to make apple bread. The whole time I was trying, I kept getting lost in the movements. I couldn't concentrate on all of them at once. I wish Cole would give me an apple. And then he looks at me, and there's almost that sad, and there's that same sad, almost smile, like he's decided to pass me one, but he knows that I can't juggle it either. Like there's no reason for both of us to bruise things any more than needed. I hold out my hand. Let me help. I loved that part. I love that. They and I, okay, so cute. They are so cute. And because it is, it has that fairy tale aspect, you totally believe their instant love. It is just like, yes, these two mm-hmm. have found each other in a world that doesn't make sense. And I love that there's almost this gender bending of the stereotypes because Lexi is the one who likes to trudge through the mud and take charge. And Cole is the one being accused of a witch. Yeah. And I think that that is so interesting that like she has to be his savior. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like so. he is the damsel in distress, yes. which I mean is also a thing because he's like constantly in distress in, <laughs> yes. in the book. Like this poor boy. But then when you like learn more of his history, you're like, oh, okay, well, I understand why you're distressed all of the time. But it was, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. Um. So speaking of the romance, how spicy would you say it is? I would give it one sprinkling of flour. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no spice. There I, is, I, like <laughs> mild kissing. I would put just like a dash of cinnamon cinnamon on a bowl of oatmeal. <laughs> Yum. And I hate oatmeal, to be clear. <laughs> like <laughs> But the spice is not the point. It's supposed to be no. a sweet, 
childish romance. Yeah, you know? no, this is young love, but it's like the very young love, not the hot and heavy young love that are that like 18 year olds in books generally go for. I mean, I think they're what, like 15 and 16. Yeah, I was going to say 14, 15. So uh, yeah. they're quite young. Yeah, it's like definitely the young love of when you're in like middle school and you hold hands and that is good enough for you. (laughs) It's so sweet though, but there's no spice. But it is very sweet and they're both outcasts in their own way and they find each other and I don't know. It's just, it's, it is very fairy tale. I love them. Mm-hmm. Um, Julia, I'm going to ask you this question with a question. So hold oh. on to your answer for a second. Okay. The question is, if you could be a character in this book, who would you be and why? And my follow-up question is, do you, with me, want to be the two old witches that live outside the village? Yes! yes! Oh my God! You knew what my answer was going to be! <laughs> you knew! <laughs> Oh my god. Um, okay. Do you want to be like the super spiky kind of mean one or the one that like whispers to the dirt? I want to be the one that whispers to the dirt. Perfect. Because I wanted to be the spiky mean one. I want to be the one that's just a little bit crazy. <laughs> I want to be the one that's like yelling at the old council members because they're messing up the entire investigation. <laughs> I love them. There are these. So for those of you who haven't read the book, basically... There are these two old, I think at one point they are just old crones and they yeah. are witches. They are they live witches. outside the village <laughs> and people tended to leave them alone because Lexi's dad was always like, they mean no harm, like just mm-hmm. leave them alone. But then he's gone and Lexi's uncle is really, I guess to put it simply, he's sexist, but he is against like people having power in ways that he does not understand. And when their strange things are happening, they instantly blame Cole and the two old ladies. Yeah. And I was like, what are they going to do? They're they're literally, they don't go into town very much because you all hate them. And (laughs) they're just trying to live their lives. They have been there since before you were born. Stop messing with them. Seriously, they're not doing anything wrong. Like, honestly, they should be on the council. I agree with you. Yeah. So their names are Magda and Dreska. Yes. I don't remember which one is which, but I think I think you would be Magda. Fits. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Um and I would be Dreska. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Yes. I love them. Yes. Let's, love let's them be the witches on the edge of town that no me one wants to talk to except for young children that are like, they're not mean. Exactly. And then I run out and be like, get off my lawn. That's that's you. That is. (laughs) (laughs) No. Yeah. No, the men in the village are definitely like the stereotypical men that don't accept anything that they don't understand. Um, Yeah. Which which is incredibly frustrating. And yeah. and, and, And by stereotypical, I would say, especially in this type of story. In fairy yes. tales, in in a village where a village. men are in charge and yeah. they burn witches, and who would you say is sort of the top tier antagonist for you? I would say the near witch, 
is the top antagonist because she's the one that's stealing children. Spoilers. I mean, it is in the title, sort of. Like, they say it straight out. It's just the men don't believe it. Yeah. Um, maybe Bo. I don't know. He's not a big character. Yeah. But he is, like, the second-in-command to Lexi's Uncle Otto. And he just seems way more vicious than even Otto. Like, Otto is annoying and mm-hmm. frustrating. And, like, I don't like his choices that he makes. But Bo just amplifies it and makes it yeah. even worse. And so there's that. Maybe some of the council members, because they're old men and they're they're past their prime for making decisions, I feel like. Um, Tyler is also really annoying. Tyler is the village boy that is, like, quote-unquote, in love with Lexi. He needs a swift kick. Um, <laughs> he is oh. horrible. He's horrible. He, He's awful. I thought it was interesting reading this book because, obviously, the near witch is the bad guy. But I yeah. found out that, like, when I was reading it, like, her uncle Otto annoyed me so deeply. I hate it when characters don't listen to the other characters, like, just yeah. dismiss them Like, they know better. It's like, sir, yeah. supernatural things are happening. You do not know anything. Yes. You know as much as I know. And they're not the same at all. But Bo and Tyler both gave me this general sense of foreboding Mm. that I couldn't get over that almost made them for me when I was reading it like my biggest antagonist because I knew they were both very very stuck in mm, their hatred misguided yeah 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 Yeah. which is almost worse like the near witch is very open about what she's doing (laughs) like (laughs) she's evil but she's like yes this is this is who I am but But when they Also, she's only evil because men in the village blamed her for killing a child. And so she came back from the dead and was like, let me show you killing children. That is true. But, I mean, she didn't kill them. That's another spoiler. They're not actually dead. They're not dead. Which is nice. I I appreciated that. Yeah. She has the right amount of revenge, which I do respect. I support, to be honest. Yes. Absolutely. But I do always think that the biggest villains are the ones who like mean well in their points of view, but are Mm -hmm. doing things that are absolutely terrible for everybody else and for huge groups of people. And they refuse to listen to reason. Mm -hmm. Those are the true villains because they will not change. Never. They're like the Gastons of the village. They just incite hatred and will not change will not yeah oh really quick i wanted to ask you something okay Mm -hmm. so i'm currently in the middle of reading the a A darker shade of magic trilogy yeah um did you notice in your reread obviously like this is a no spoiler situation and i don't even think either of these two books have like hefty romances but did you notice that lila and kel and cole and lexi have like this like similar arcs because both of them the first time they kiss afterward the male says just in case in both of them in both of them they kiss and they're like the girl goes what was that for and they go just in case in both of them 
Um, it's been a minute since I've read Darker Shades, so I did not remember that. But that is hilarious and weird. Yes. I was like, wait, what? Like, stop kissing women just because you didn't have the balls to do it before you might die. And then saying just in case. Yeah. Like, kiss them when you're not going to die. Otherwise, they're going to be haunted with that kiss for the rest of their life. I thought that was a very, very funny similarity. And (laughs) I thought it was very interesting because both Lexi and Lila are very, like, tough badass, like tomboy-esque mm-hmm. women. And Cole and Kel, again, both of them have similar sounds in their names. Yep. Lexi, yep. Lila, Cole, Kel, both um, are magicians in some way or accused of magic. Yeah, that is true. So, I don't know if it means anything, but I just wanted to share those. Good for thought. I yeah. like that. That's fun. I love Lila. Lila's so cool. She's. I want to be her so badly. I greatly considered being her for halloween last year that would be a great costume it's so because she's like a pirate i can be a pirate for like the fourth year in a row she's literally a a cool pirate (laughs) yeah um that would be dope so yes love that maggie tell me you know this information is this book also a movie slash show and if not should it be Oh, gosh. I'm going to say it isn't. It's not. Uh, I want to – I feel like there's so many, like, movie and show adaptations of V's stuff going on right now, Um, which I love her, by the way. Haven't said that in a while. <laughs> uh, I feel like the Near Witch might be somewhere in the movie adaptation area, but I don't know. Yeah, because I know that – well, she has – an adaptation going for the invisible life of Addie LaRue. Mm-hmm. And I know that she's been speaking a lot about upcoming pitches for different things. Like, yeah. This savage song, which I yeah. have not read. Me neither. Um, I know that one is a really big one. And, but I don't know. I, I have to be honest. I almost think that this one would just be better as a book. Of course, I would be very interested to see in what happens with it in on like yeah. a filmed screen. But there's something about it that just feels like a story that you just want to cozy up to and read. I I think that visually it would just work a lot differently. And that's not to say that it wouldn't work well. I just don't think it would be my preferred way to enjoy the story. That's fair. I also feel like there's already a lot of media out there that has a similar enough story that it might get lost. Yeah. I think it could work as a movie. It doesn't mean it should be a movie. Yeah. So, And I think she has a lot of stories that would just work better. Mm -hmm. But that's just my opinion. I mean, people definitely know better than me. So (laughs) I don't know. You have a master's in screenwriting. That's true. Maybe they should just call me and have me write it. Yeah. I'd hire you. Thank you. And then you you can hire me to copy edit all of it. I would absolutely hire you. Dynamic Perfect. duo right here. Love that. Yes. Teamwork makes a dream work. <laughs> well, Julia, <laughs> what three words would you use to describe the near witch? Haunting. Okay. So I'm going to say this, but I'm going to add like an asterisk onto it. Okay. Deliciously slow burn. Okay. And slow burn the asterisk not in a romantic way slow burn as in the events do not happen super quickly Mm -hmm. but it's not like it doesn't get boring it's just not a very fast 
paced book, even though it does take place in like the span of a week. But it, it does, it's, it builds it, it has a nice pace building mm-hmm. up to like the really, really big plot moving events. Yeah. Yeah. What would your three words be? I would say mystical, haunting, and I guess this is four words, but like invitingly cozy. You just kind of want to wrap in a blanket and read it. Yeah. Those would be my, that, that is what I would say. Okay. Okay. We're, we're toward the end already. We're toward the end. I hate it when we get to this part. I know. I do love hearing your book recommendations. So it is also kind of a treat for me. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Do you want me to go first? I've got two of them. Yes. Tell me them. Okay. Um, So the first book recommendation is one that I read when I was a freshman in high school. um, It's called The Raging Quiet, and it's by Cheryl Jordan. So it is historical fiction, and I haven't read it since 2009, so I don't know if it holds up, really. Um, But I remember thinking that this book is also about outsiders meeting, and the main girl is considered a witch. It takes place in the time frame that the Inquisitions were happening, um, but in like a random village somewhere. And this this feral boy comes into town and he can't speak. She figures out a way to communicate with him, which is why then people are like, she's a witch. We need to try her as a witch. And it goes through, like it gets a little gory at points, like she doesn't die. They do the the test where she has to like hold a heated iron bar in her hands and walk a certain amount of steps and then drop the bar. Her hands get wrapped for like a week or something. And then if her hands are still, I'm trying to remember, I, I if her hands are healed, then she's a witch. But if they're still like burned up, then she's not. I don't because like she didn't use magic to heal herself. I was like, this is a completely garbage logic, uh, <laughs> first of all. But like second of all, she was communicating with him via her hands, which now she can't use. Um, it's is like this whole thing. It, but it's cool. So the raging quiet is a similar vibe. Okay, not there's no actual magic in it. Um, the other book I have is The Physic Book of Deliverance Dane by Catherine Howe. Um, okay. That one does have magic in it. And it is like a split novelization or narration where it takes place in like present day Massachusetts and then past Massachusetts. And mm-hmm. it's like all of the, the past stuff is with the, the goodies and the what what were the men called i don't remember oh the proctor yeah yeah like goodies and proctors and all of that so it it's like witch trials massachusetts style um and just like going side to side with the present day main lady who is like learning about that but also i think trying not to use magic but does use ma- okay. i don't it's it's a it's there's two books in that series so interesting yeah. very very cool Pretty good cool. recommendations and thanks ones that we haven't heard before i know i know i was very excited for that too i was like i haven't 
ever recommended these ones before. Nice. <laughs> and we've been going for a year and a half at this point. So um, what are your book recommendations? Um, I have four book recommendations. Oh, man. All right. I know. All right. Two of them are kind of cheats, but they are what I think if you are, if you read this book and you're like, I want to read more V.E. Schwab, mm-hmm. these are the two that gave me the most similar vibes to this book. And that would be A Darker Shade of Magic and Gallant would be my mm. top two picks I for Near Witch Vibes. Gallant, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I also wanted to recommend Cinder, which I have talked about, I think, once before, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. it is a saga. There's four of them, and they are sort of these sci-fi fantasy mashed up fairy tales. Mm -hmm. And the first one is Cinderella, so Cinder, and she is um, uh, made from like part metal. Like part of her is actually a robot. She's a cyborg? Yeah, um, and she ends up meeting the prince, and every single character that they meet, like... Rapunzel is this locked away alien princess. Like everything is like really sci-fi and like like a fun dystopian way to tell the stories. Yeah. <laughs> They're really, really fun. I loved reading them. Um, so I would recommend those. And then the last thing that I want to recommend, and I don't own the book anymore, but I think they are called The Midnighters. <gasps> Did you ever read these books? Yes. Okay. Oh my god. And it's yes. about yes. these people who like are all awake at midnight and it's like right. an hour of time where no one else is awake. It's and- like they were they were born at the stroke of midnight yes. at this specific time and like there's these shadow monsters that are in it that they need to use like 13 or 14 letter words to defeat. So you learn a lot yes. of really big freaking words. Uh yeah. They are so good and that is my other recommendation because oh my God. I I can't I can't fully describe why but I had similar vibes reading it. It They just had that same sort of like youthful glow and energy mm-hmm. and like these young kids battling like dark forces. At so, night. At night. Which is probably where that vibe came from is because like all of the interesting stuff happens at night in the near witch. <laughs> True. <laughs> <laughs> so those are my recommendations for you guys. Ah, I love that. I have a copy of the Midnighters. I I love it. I I need to find a copy because I would love to reread those. You should uh, try thriftbooks.com because I don't think it's probably being published anymore or I'm like sure it printed isn't, yeah. anymore because it's old. I Again, that was something I read in 2009. Yeah, it's really old. So mm-hmm. I'll have to I'll have to see where I can find it. Yeah. Ah, what cool recommendations. <laughs> love that. Thank you. Same to you. We are off oh, the charts with our recommendations today. We are. Go us. <laughs> uh, well, Julia, any final mm-hmm. thoughts? Um, Just that I love V.E. Schwab and would possibly die if I ever actually met her, Um, but would also be disappointed if I never actually met her. So if I meet her, I will happily die after that. But until then, I cannot die. So, of course. Maybe I'll you. just hold it out. If I never meet her, I can never die. That could be one way <laughs> to stay alive. <laughs> no, it's just she, her writing is excellent and you should check out. She's got different types of books. All of her books are very, like, 
they're similar but different. So mm-hmm. she's probably got a book that is the vibe that you like and you should find it and read it. Absolutely. And join her Absolutely. loving fan club of which I am the president of, at least for the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Between the two of us. Julia Between the two of us. <laughs> uh, well, what about you, Maggie? What are your final thoughts? Um, Enjoy a spooky autumnal read. I mm-hmm. hope it's something by V.E. Schwab, but just cozy up and read something a little bit scary, a little bit makes you want to drink hot apple cider. And happy Halloween, you guys. Oh, quick question. What's your favorite candy? Oh, my gosh. What, what is my favorite candy? Dark chocolate Kit Kat. I didn't even know they had those. Oh, they're good. They they are a treat. Okay. Okay. What is yours? I wasn't expecting that in return, and I should have. Um <laughs> I mean, if I'm picking candy out of like one of those variety candy bags, probably a Snickers or yeah. a Twix. Uh, Twix. Twix mm-hmm. is a classic. Can never Twix go wrong. So good. I need to learn how to make Twix. Oh my gosh, please. It's I would gotta love be that. easy. It's a cookie with caramel covered in chocolate. Like you cannot go wrong. You can't go wrong. So, well, yeah. uh, get out there, guys. Put on your costumes and go eat some candy. <laughs> eat some of our favorite candy for us. Yeah. And. Have a happy and safe Halloween. Happy Halloween. And with that, we heckin' did it, you guys. Thank you so much for listening. If you like what you heard, share us with your other bookish friends and family. And if you're listening with Spotify or Apple Podcasts, be sure to rate and review the show. We are off to record our newest mini-sode for Patreon. If you're interested in joining our Novel Finds community on Patreon, follow the link in our bio on Instagram. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at Novel Finds Podcast. Thank you so much for being a novel friend. We'll see y'all next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.